Welcome to the Men of Iron Podcast, changing a culture one man at a time. At Men of Iron, we equip men and grow godly leaders through creating and sustaining one-to-one and micro-group mentorships. Go to menofiron.org for info. Thanks for listening. What is up? Welcome to the show. It's Steve and Paul live from the MOI headquarters. Paul, man, I'm happy to have you today. I am happy that you're happy man. to have me here today. Paul, as my co-host, I love it, man. You realize you are the first second time guest on the men of iron podcast really yeah oh well that's an honor hey let me put that in my phone Uh, (laughs) this is the day to remember there you go add that to your (laughs) social media bio (laughs) episode 27 is brought to you by the new york crusaders a football-based nonprofit providing fitness services to all ages as well as economical development and educational resources. Go to New York, nycrusaders.org for more info. Shout out to my brother Ty. He is the founder and CEO of New York Crusaders. Wow. So I'd love to introduce our special guest today, Aaron Barnett. Aaron is the business development manager for Evolve Corporate. He is a former youth pastor, founder, and CEO of Leading Third, an advocate for using your story to help move this world into a place of imperfections. He launched the Moonwalkers, an online community where you candidly tell the story you've been dying to tell, to talk about where we are, where we've been, and what God has done. He is a student of leadership, church ministry, and life cycles. He believes that building people one life at a time builds a better community, better organizations, and a better future for the local church. AB, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. What's up, guys? What's I going on, man? That, awesome. man? that bio, I love it. Well, I, I'm done. I love it. Let's no, wrap it up. He just set the stage and the bar <laughs> high. That is awesome. Oh, man. Oh, Aaron, good. Aaron, man, we'd love to uh, just let the listeners and viewers just know more about who is Aaron Barnett. Heck, yeah. Well, I actually brought a, a curling iron and a 20-pound iron dumbbell for inspiration for this podcast. So. I love it. You're trying to get <laughs> but, up on uh, Paul's level, aren't you? That's right. That's right. <laughs> man, who is Aaron Barnett? That's a tough question, I think, always to... To answer, but I would say I'm a man that just loves Jesus first and foremost, child of God. Uh, blessed, blessed for sure. Um, man, I love to inspire young guys, young gentlemen, people of all ages. I think inspiration is the key to to help people discover um, what what they were created to be. So I would say I try to live out of a place of inspiration, and I try to challenge people well. Uh, with love. I think that uh, the way you challenge people can be the way that you change people. Mm. And so I really believe that I'm called to, by, the, by God, to really press into unity. I, I'm, a passion, I'm very passionate about unity and localizing the, the church and just seeing what God could do through, through people, through all age groups across this nation as a church, uh, the global church, to see if we could unify more. And so I'm very passionate about unity and I'm passionate about um, pulling, pulling, uh, pulling truth out of people and, and asking deep questions, man. I love, I love questions. I love listening. I love learning. And so I love seeing when guys come alive, but when you ask them a, a certain question in their life, to see, see uh, the depth of who people are. So um, I just, I, I love surface talk, but I can only hand it up, handle it for so long. So. <laughs> That's awesome, man. I love it. We're about to get deep on the Men of Iron podcast, Paul. Yes, we are. But you know what I really want to point out? I heard as a theme, you said <clears throat> unity, but you said truth. 
Hmm. Sometimes unity is based on affirmation, not wanting to be truthful with people. Mm, and uh, that, that's huge. Hmm. That's huge. Thank that's you. so good. Thank you, brother. Love it, Aaron. Well, we're going to hit you with take five, man. You ready? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, take five. Question number one Who or what inspires you? Who or what inspires me? I think what inspires me most is uh, paintings and airplanes. Um, I think being in an airport, sometimes people are on the go and they're going from one destination to another. Uh, paintings start with a stroke and you see something magnificent at the end. And I think that's kind of like the lives of people um, where fr we go from something to something else. Um, from hopefully one stroke to some a masterpiece. Ephesians 2.10 is actually my life verse. Hmm. Um, and so I think what inspires me most is seeing where someone is at individually and seeing where, where they're at in their journey with the walk with God, um, the depth of their maturity, the depth of their heart, the depth of their struggle. Um, no sin is too great for God. And I just really love to see um, people on, walk into freedom or walk into the life that they were created to live. And so what inspires me is playing that role, being able to paint some strokes for people and mm. helping people with um, practical, practical life-giving wisdom that I've learned from so many people um, to help them along this Christian journey. So That's so good. All right, take five. Question number two is what song or album have you had on repeat lately? Oh, man. Uh, Hillsong United, um, all the way, man. I've been playing. I think the local church has been playing that a lot. I would say those are my favorite right now. Awesome, awesome. All right, question number three is: What is your favorite childhood moment? Favorite childhood moment. Um, that goes back with my dad. He is the king of having fun, and we would take late night drives as a fam. And we would go to parks and we would uh, swing on swings and my dad would like run in front of the swings and we, he would act like we would be kicking him when we'd be swinging. And so um, honestly, my favorite childhood memory was just hanging out with my dad, either hunting or hmm. um, uh, my dad was uh, a dude that was um, just always prioritized family. And so we just always had fun as, as kids around him. He always made life more interesting. Awesome. Awesome. Take five, question number four, Aaron, is give us one thing on your bucket list. One thing on my bucket list uh, would be to visit the seven wonders of the world. Hmm. Awesome. So that, that's, that's one thing I would love to do. Awesome. All right, last question, take five, is what is the most embarrassing or funniest thing to ever happen to you? Oh, man. Most embarrassing would be when I was in grade school and I was doing uh, pull-ups, and we had to do those, like, chin hang things, mm -hmm. and this kid came and thought he was going to be funny, and he pants me, and everything came down in front of the whole school. <laughs> so that was pretty embarrassing uh, for sure. That's oh, called man. a pull-down. Okay. <laughs> yeah, pull-down, not pull-up. Oh, that's funny. We survived take five, Aaron, man. That was good. What do you think, Paul? Yes, he did. He did well. Oh, he did well. Wow. I love it. That's awesome. I love it. Could we do a six? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, man, you got it? No, he's going right. to, he'll give us more six. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. We just love to kind of get into the heart of the podcast here with you, AB. Uh, we just, we would love to, to hear your journey, man, and how you got to where you are today. 
Um, man. Uh, I've gone through a lot of pain in my life. Uh, I would say that pain is my purpose. Um, growing up as a kid, I was uh, invested in the, in the church. I grew up um, in the church, grew up, you know, going to church on Sunday, Wednesday, the whole, the whole thing. Um, you know, I grew up homeschooled. I was pr pretty, pretty dumb. I'm not going to lie. I remember going into seventh grade and just not knowing a lot of uh, math problems. I, I kind of cheated all the, all the way through sixth grade. And so when I went to school in seventh grade, I was just kind of, kind of just had an IQ that was very low, <laughs> um, you know, and so I went to school in seventh grade and I struggled in school. I just, I felt like I got bullied a lot. I remember taking a math test and just um, being an 8% on it and getting laughed and made fun of at my class and just, you know, and, and I just started getting humiliated a ton just growing up and just, I felt like I didn't have anything to offer. And so I was confused with if these people love Jesus and, you know, we are raised in this Christian faith and whatnot, like why, why would kids get made fun of like this? Why is bowling such a big thing? And I remember soon thereafter, I was introduced to pornography coming out of school in seventh grade, all these cool kids asked me to come over. And, you know, before I knew it, you know, these guys were like, Hey, have you heard of porn? And I'm like, actually, I don't even know what pornography is and got laughed at and humiliated outside of the school. And I remember going home and typing in pornography as a kid and just, uh, you know, I, I, I remember it, it was just, um, I didn't know what it was. So it like flashed on the screen and just kind of woke, woke me up kind of like, wow, that's what, that's what it is, you know? And by the time ninth grade hit, I was uh, sexually addicted to pornography um, behind my parents' back, uh, just living in like this humiliation uh, phase of my life. Um, soon thereafter, I um, started dating a girl. Um, after uh, college, I went through a lot of stuff in my life. I lost my aunts really close. I uh, failed one class in my nursing school, got kicked out of nursing school. Um, I struggled with depression and suicide. My ex-girlfriend, um, not cheated on me, but we had some really rough patches. And just um, before I know it, like before I knew it, she was um, just doing some things that were really hard for me to take and just finding out some things about her that um, were breaking our relationship up and uh, just finding out about all that stuff with her and just uh, with other guys and just... Um, uh, you know, just involved in sin and just involved in just um, a life of just, you know, living in sin. And with my ex-girlfriend, I lived a really sexual and pure life um, in college, um, faked it to make it, you know, basically could put on the Christian kumbaya, the Christian face. Mm -hmm. And just uh, definitely it's something I'm not proud of. Uh, it's definitely hard to um, even talk about on this podcast that I was sexually impure out of marriage um, and breaks my heart because I sometimes feel like I really as a person have nothing to offer and uh, as a dude and um, and it wasn't until I like struggle with depression and suicide and all these things happening in my life at once and failing out of school and that I moved down to South Carolina and gave my life to God. And yeah. then it was like, uh, 
upward trajectory from there. So, hmm. wow, that's that is so powerful. Thank you for sharing that. That was very personal. You know, it's funny. A lot of your story, my story, is similar. Um, hmm. uh, wow. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That. Wow. Yeah, man. I appreciate you sharing your heart, Aaron. That's uh, that's as real and raw as it gets. I know that's it's like you said. It's hard for you to even talk about, but those are the stories that I think need to be heard for sure. Um, yeah, man, it's, uh, sin is only pleasurable for a season. And when you're in it, you just, uh, you think life is good, but the long-term effects and consequences of it, people never process. And, um, and now I'm processing all those long-term effects that sometime are just a huge weight on my shoulder that I know God has forgiven me of and just like loves me unconditionally, but it's something I can't get back. And it's something that, um, has made me definitely who I am. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm like getting emotional, but it's just, you know, it's, um, I'm blessed. Definitely. God is just so good. So. Yeah. Awesome, yeah. man. I would love to hear, you know, from that moment that God, you know, that God saved you, um, and you gave your life to Christ from that moment to today, what has God done in your life? Dude. Uh, so uh, I gave my life to the Lord at Resonate. So I grew up in a Christian home, like I said. Resonate was the young, uh, young adults ministry down in South Carolina in Greenville, right? And um, 400 people, it wasn't even considered a church at the time yet. And uh, Resonate, would 400 young adults would uh, come out and worship Jesus, right? And I grew up with a lot of people that told me and showed me that hey, they love Jesus, but I've never really felt God's love, right? And when I walked into Resonate, I just, I was loved so well by people that I was like, it, this was foreign. It was, just, I, you know, it, I would get hugs from people and people would ask how I am and and I would ask how they are. And I could genuinely tell that these people were real, just authentic, real, vulnerable, transparent community that I've never had growing up. And I was so confused on like why people would love me and like actually care um, about my life. And, you know, just why I moved down south and just like I would tell them because pain is really weird, real at, at some points in your life. So like you just you know, when you're really struggling, you know, sometimes that's the thing that people lead with, you know, is their pain or, you know, you ask people questions and what the, comes out of their mouth is, you know, what they're, what's going on normally in their life. Um, and so I would just candidly talk about the pain that I was going through because I didn't have anything else. You know, my mom would sit on the edge of my bed with me when I was struggling in life. And, you know, she, she, she helped me. She was my warrior, man. And, you know, when I gave my life to God, I actually came in to resonate. It was my fourth week at resonate. I was like, this is insane. I, these people are incredible. And like the way they worship God and just the way they believe in God, the way they talk about God, it was just like, this is incredible community. And so I would say I was blatantly atheist at the time, like didn't really believe that there was a God, didn't really believe that he had a purpose for my life. And so um, I came in to resonate and I had like an ultimatum with God. I was like, all right, God. And I know like some people are like, you know, taboo on ultimatums, but that was my moment. I was like, God, like either show up in my life or I'm out. Mm. And God has a certain journey for everyone, I believe. And, you know, um, 
and and that was mine. And I came into Resonate, and I was like, God, I'm gonna worship you as if you exist. And so I came into Resonate, and I worshiped God like with my heart out on the front row, and I got wrecked. Mm. I I never felt God's presence like that so tangible in my life. I just felt like He was just all around me, and like God was just so present. Um, and that was just, I was sitting on the ground with a pool of tears in my jeans and just like, was like in awe of who Jesus was. Wow. Um, and then my pastor at the time, my, uh, was Bo Ayers and he was speaking on, um, that your pain can be your purpose. And he was preaching out of Ephesians 2.10 and he was doing a masterpiece series called that God can bring your broken pieces and make them like a beautiful, something beautiful. Hmm. And I literally felt like I was the only kid in that room, like the only one, man. It was just like, I can't describe how much like different people that I don't really talk to that gave life touch points and gave me hugs and just was like, asked me out for coffee and just like cared. But dude, that's like the heartbeat of Jesus, someone that loves and I went through so much that like when I gave my life to God, it was just, it was like an awakening, you know, and Carl Lentz was like, um, he, he always says, uh, the experience of God should dictate your expression of him. And like, I experienced God so tangibly in that moment that it was just like a trajectory of like, yo, I got to tell everyone about this. Like I got to tell everyone about my story and like something that I came up with as like, you know, my mantra was that I don't want anyone anymore in my life to come in my life and leave my life without knowing the heartbeat of Jesus. Hmm. Um, because who you are, like, you know, who you are right now, it will be like who you, you know, who people talk about. Uh, when you pass away, people are going to write one sentence about your life. And my one sentence is that people will never come in or out of my life without knowing the love of Jesus Christ, man. And um, like that moment was just so transformational. I, I, it's, it brings me emotions just talking about it. So, yeah, that's so good, man. We talk a lot about at our, you know, mentor and protege trainings is, is your voyage worth writing about? Um, just to mm-hmm. try to challenge men, uh, to step into something greater that God has for them. And, and yeah. Aaron, just hearing your story, I can see that you've stepped into that. And I just mm-hmm. want to encourage you to just keep chasing after him, man. Your story is phenomenal. I'm just, I'm just thrilled, Paul, that we get the opportunity to let him oh share goodness. it here on the podcast. Well, and you said something so poignant about purpose. Uh, when, when you know, purpose, your your wounds, your pain is your purpose. But you know, most men fall into their addictions or whatever it is, uh, whether it's sexual addictions, pornography, whatever, because they have no purpose, mm-hmm. and they're yeah. posing, and they're and they're be, they're somebody that they're not. But God changed that. And you, mm-hmm. he gave you yep. that purpose. So now vision and purpose. And then the scripture talks about a man without vision or purpose perishes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. That's yeah. so good. Wow. Aaron, we yeah, it's great. Yeah, go ahead, man. No, go for it. No. I was just, just going to say it's, it's crazy how much uh, like people run from pain. Uh, it's crazy how much our, our generation will just dismiss it, run from it. Um, and I just think that pain, like if you can learn how to um, communicate the things that are going on internally, um, the things that people no one knows about, the things that you've really struggled with in your past. I, I really believe that if we can build men or, or people, specifically men, 
um, that are authentic, vulnerable, and transparent, I think those are the three things that build healthy communities. It's, it's things that I've seen in my men's small groups that um, if we pull authenticity out of people, if we pull transparency out of people, if we pull vulnerability out of people, those are the moments that bring real life change. But there's so many people that just do life that just hang and because they like hanging, they like just going out to eat, just chilling. But no one, I feel like, really takes time to be like, hey, like asking the hard truths, asking the hard questions, being like, hey, like when was the last time you were vulnerable with the last five friends in your life? Um, you know, what was one time in your life that you were very authentic to your core? Um, you know, in the last 10 conversations, were you able to bring transparency at all in? Um, and I think those are the things that men need. We, we live in a generation, I believe, that is all uh, perfection-based. And so we, we sit in this like realm of perfection, so we don't let God like actually do his perfect work through our weaknesses. Mm. Yeah, and, and I really, what you were talking about there, it takes discipline for men to do that. And there's a great quote uh, from one of my favorite, favorite authors and speakers is John Eldridge. And uh, he says, some say discipline is hard. Choose your pain. Choose the pain of discipline or choose the pain of regret. Hmm. And every time we choose the pain of regret, we miss the moments to be hmm. disciplined and get closer to Jesus and uh, become transparent, vulnerable, hmm. stronger, hmm. stronger. Yeah. All those words lead to strength. All those yeah. words. Love that. Yeah. Aaron, we'd love to kind of um, just speak into more of just kind of your path to purity, um, you know, mm -hmm. as you gave your life to Christ and you talked about, um, you know, your history with addiction to pornography. How would you define sexual purity? Dude, uh, sexual purity is something that I would say we need to have start having conversations on. I think starting a conversation on is going to bring openness. It's going to bring like, awareness to uh if you don't talk about it how is there an awareness on it um I, I think sexual purity is something that all men struggle with but few ever if ever talk about hmm. um and they're only probably going to get talked about it or talk on it when the conversation is a topic so if you haven't gone two weeks without talking about sexual purity as a married man, as a single man, it's, it's a problem. Hmm. Um, I think the, I think we as people need to move into that place of just having more of conversations. It's, how would I define it? I think Jesus is the definition of purity. Uh, uh, purity, I believe, uh, or sexual sin is 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 a sin, right? Uh, lust is a sin, and God makes us white as snow. And so, there's times in life I think that Jesus presses us with foundational truth, foundational knowledge, and foundational um, wisdom of who He is in moments. And when guys are struggling in purity. They actually don't take moments of what God is pressing in. Um, so um, David says, flee, um, flee temptation, right? So flee sexual temptation. The problem is we like to linger. 
as mm-hmm. men, right? Mm-hmm. And when we linger, I believe that linger will cost you more later. Um, so we linger in this, we stay in this, we stay in this rut and we sin and we fall into it. And we say, as guys, we say, oh, you know, one time watching porn is not bad. Before you know it, you're watching pornography 365 days. Hmm. Um, you know, one time having sex out of marriage, it's a okay, you know, because I'm not going to be doing it left and right. But what, what problem is, is we don't view sexual purity as the 10th degree of where we need to live from. Um, it should be a place we live from and build as a foundation on. Why? Because if we don't have sexual purity as our foundation, before you know it, we're going to take all those things, everything you've done with one person, all the things that you look at on, online, you know, all the things that you, t- you know, sexually text about, you know, all the, you know, the um, dating apps that you go on just to get a good high you know i just think like all those things will move you into this place of health or consequences and so i think sexual purity comes out of a place of jesus where it's it's a foundation we need to stay it's a foundation we need to stand on and it's a foundation we need to strive for i don't know if that answers your actual question but that was good that was good i'd love to I'd love to hear, you know, as a as a single man and what kind of advice, what kind of practical tips could you give other single men out there and, and even married men too, honestly. Yo, I love this. It's, um, it's hard to be single today. Yeah, really totally. And, and to stay pure. So, yep. yeah. Um, oh, man, I could talk about relationships for days, but uh, <laughs> I, I think reading a book uh, is key. Uh, I think leaders are learners. We heard that as kids growing up. And so a practical thing would pick up a book on marriage. You, a lot of people don't know um, the greatness in store because they never read about uh, what, what are the benefits of something. So what are the benefits of marriage? You know, uh, So I would say pick up a book on, on marriage. Pick up a book on purity. Um, get three people in your life that challenge you. I'm not talking about asking you with a pillow. I'm asking you with a bat. So give you constructive uh constructive advice constructive wisdom with a bat a lot of guys need a bat now and um i just don't believe in comfort so i'm like Hmm. i don't want to give a truth and be like well here's a pillow right you know i want to be like okay bro where you at like x like black or white paint it for me you know because i think i think we need people that challenge us um i would say download a porn blocker um and keep it on um a lot of us download apps but then we swipe it off um i would say invest in the character character is the thing that takes a lifetime to build and a moment to lose uh so who are you after eight o'clock when no one's watching Hmm. um i would press into uh charging your phone charging your laptop charging your ipad whatever it is on the other side of the room why because if if you're just lingering at night um, and you don't have the character to stay in you, you don't have this, the, the strong enough faith that you've really invested in. Cause I believe that, man, this is, this is something I've really processed when it came down to purity is um, um, faith, character, focus. 
So I believe we need to have the faith. In other words, we need to lean into God, lean into his identity, lean into like what he's trying to teach us every day. We need to have the, he's going to build character because of that. So then character creates focus. And in times of crisis, I believe that the hardest thing for men is focus and that we need to lean into this place of focus because if we can lean into focus that in the moments of, of testing and trial, when, when the temptation is at its peak, we have the focus to re, regain back our character and refocus back on our faith. Um, David said it like, um, he said, if we hide God's word in our heart, then we will not sin it against thee, you know? And I truly believe that if you hide in the identity of Jesus, then God will, um, you, cannot, you cannot hide in your sin. And I really believe and strongly stand on this, that God reveals what he wants to redeem. Um, and so if, if we want to remain pure, I would say like plug in your phone on the other side of the room. Um, you know, th- that's a practical thing that I, I know, I know would help so many people, but few if ever would, would do it because of pride. Yeah, you, you said something there that was really, really key about pressing into Jesus. And a lot of guys are like, what's that mean? I don't, I don't, I don't get that. Well, let, let's take this a little step further. It's like, I believe that every relationship, whether you're friends, uh, with your wife, with your girlfriend, is a direct reflection of your relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. So if you are close to Christ, you're not going to treat your girlfriend, your wife, mm-hmm. your kids, your, your closest friends like trash. You're not mm-hmm. going to treat them like you can just throw them away. You're right. going to treat them uh, from your relationship with Christ. It mm-hmm. is. It is. It is that important. It's. It's that. That's the grounding point of every relationship. You can only do something in your own strength for so long, and then you drop it. Yeah. You lose yeah. it. So yeah, it, it's it's really key. And a lot of guys today, just speaking of guys, like you said earlier, they've lost the will to fight mm. for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when they lose the fight, uh, the the fight in them to fight for their relationship with Christ, they will not fight for anything else other than their own sedation and their time mm-hmm. alone. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and I and I really believe that uh, sexual uh, sexual sin stems out of a place of straight loneliness. So uh, because we don't have those people around us mm-hmm. that are challenging us and helping us become more like Jesus, what we do is we live in isolation. But when we go towards isolation, right? But what I uh, what I've learned and I've I've pressed into is that isolation brings isolation because we want to know if people actually care, hmm, right? And so we're called by God to care and love people. I'm called to love my brothers in my small group. I'm called to to them individually. the The thing is, is when we live in isolation. We, it breathes more isolation because we just want to know that the people around us, if they actually are preaching what they say, and I believe we need to grow men that are preaching what they're saying and to in, in like get up close, mm-hmm. lean into those people and rub some shoulders with people because you know if you're rubbing shoulders with someone, you're going to know if they're gone. You're going to recognize that they haven't shown up to your men's small group in two weeks. You're going to recognize that, you know, like they're kind of dissing on, you know, um, you know, messaging over text. Like they haven't hit you up via FaceTime. So I, I believe that you've got to get up close. Um, if you get up close, I think I think people are going to know if you're absent. 
So, mm-hmm. and then it, it won't bring isolation. So, yeah. and I just want to tap on one more thing there. You're talking about men being vulnerable and in, in small groups, uh, mm. friendships, brotherhoods, not accountability. Accountability makes it sound like, you know, you got to pass a test. No, brotherhoods mm. means they love with a bat. They love with, they love with a pillow too, because after they hit them, they got to lay them down. But there's what guys are dealing with. And I, I've, I've dealt with even recently at 49 years old, they still believe you have these ungodly beliefs about yourself. Mm. So you tend to want to believe that you're, you're worthless or mm. you're unlovable you're, mm. or you're this or you're that. And you tend to sit there. Well, that's not truth. God will never say those things mm. to you. And if you mm. let the enemy and you stay in isolation, like you're saying, you are going to believe everything mm. the enemy says. And mm. what the problem is, then you become a traitor within. You believe that yeah. mm. you're sabotaging yourself and staying close to other men in relationships and having that vulnerability and having that brotherhood, you're going to be like, man, we don't see that. We see this in you. You are mm-hmm. strong. You are lovable, man. I love you. And then just, you know, you know, you know where I'm going with that. Just, uh, you start building strength in other men. You start yeah. really seeing that they have a power within Christ within them to conquer this. You yeah. really do. So good. Man, I love it, man. You, I love your, just your heart, Aaron, your, uh, your passion for Jesus is contagious. Your passion for people and, and community um, is contagious. I would love, as we wrap up here, man, I would love to just hear, you talked a lot about, you know, inspiring young guys and, and impacting young guys. I would love to hear the men in your life who have helped you get to the point where you are today and helped you become the man you are today. Um, definitely. Uh, I would say... Uh, you know, I'm just thankful for Chris Armfield and Bo Ayers. Um, those were two people when I went to Resonate that were my leaders at the time. Um, MJ Salvatore, who's just been this consistent bro. That's my accountability partner. We call, we FaceTime, we check up. Um, and then I would say my dad. He's just like, uh, he's just as real as it gets. He's just one guy that has always uh, pressed me in moments that I needed to be pressed. Um, and he's always been that guy that, uh, just has always pulled that I'm, I'm called the greater things. He taught me that life is like lived out of a place of like live out of a place of having your eyes wide awake, wide open. And so I think if we live in that place, like my dad always said, you know, we, we won't miss a beat when it comes down to people hurting. So love it, man. Shout out to MJ. MJ connected, uh, men of iron and Aaron. So. He's a good dude, man. We had MJ on the podcast, I don't know, probably episode 15. I forget what it was, but shout out MJ. I know he's listening. I love it, man. Aaron, um, we just want to thank you so much for being on the podcast today, for sharing your heart. Um, Yeah. One thing before we go here. Yeah, man. Have you ever connected uh, your guys to the Conquer Series? Did you ever hear of that? The Conquer Series? I have not. Oh, my goodness. ConquerSeries.com. It's an incredible incredible tool dealing with sexual purity, mm, sexual addictions. Go to it today. It's amazing. They're partnered with Pure Desire Ministries too. Um, Heck yeah. Wow. Conquer Series. It's, you know how guys were so visual yeah. and that's why pornography is so strong in us. Yep. But Conquer Series is cinematic, captures them and lets you understand how God made your brain and why the enemy likes to hijack it. It's mm. so powerful. ConquerSeries.com. Yeah. yeah, we went through it. it. We it went out. through it as a staff about two years ago. It's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. It's making an impact even in the Amish community here. Amazing, amazing. I love it. Well, AB, yeah, AB, we love you, man. We thank you for being on the show. Um, yeah, we are in your corner. Heck yeah, man. Hey, don't feel free to pick up a phone anytime, man. You got my number. 
Uh, but I love what you're doing out there. You're gonna, we're gonna have to get uh, Aaron as a director for Men of Iron out there. And oh man, he blasted. <laughs> he's, he's already blasted. killing it. So. Oh yes. Wow, it's a natural. Thanks, guys. Yeah, man, I love it. Uh, hang on, Aaron. We're gonna we're gonna wrap up here, man. But we'd love to chat after we after we go All off. Right. Okay. Yeah. What do you think, Paul? That was powerful, man. <laughs> His story. That's good. Uh, it it hits on so many areas for so many men's lives. Something today touched somebody in certain different ways. That's yeah. that's amazing. I love it, man. Wow. Wow. Uh, thank you to Aaron for our, uh, being our special guest today, man. What a powerful story. Uh, I can't wait for everybody to hear it. Uh, what's new with Men of Iron? March 30th, Paul. We are coming to Petra Church. Yeah, are you ready for us? Yes, we are. Man, yeah. it is going to yeah. be the Lancaster PA launch at Petra Church, and Paul's running the whole show. Uh, part of the show. <laughs> part of the show. Just the background. You guys are taking the big, the oh, big stage. Oh, man, I love it. For more info on Men of Iron, you can go to menofiron.org. You can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Thank you to our sponsor today, New York Crusaders. Shout out to Taiwan Anthony. Love you, bro. And thank you to our special guest, AB. We love you, AB. All right, man, that's it. Episode 27. We are out.